right, this is our Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series for Behind the Fluff podcast from the International Bunch. It's specifically for those in marketing, those interested in marketing, those in academic publishing, scholarly comms and libraries. Who are we going to be talking with today? Kat Williams. Kat is an industry COO and Kat is going to talk with us about how a two-week internship at Penguin launched her career, how she progressed through smaller societies to much larger organisations, all about managing a team that brings together essential data for information professionals that allows them to make smarter decisions, why taking your time and learning from others is a more valuable experience than worrying about what people think, why it's important to make sure that you don't take on too much professionally, a love of historical podcasts, the joys of a good travel guide collection, and how it's important to spark imagination in your team members. And finally, the importance of adding authenticity and telling your organization story. So why don't we just go and jump straight in? Let's go. Welcome everybody to our Behind the Fluff podcast. We've got our Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series right now. Now you can find lots of really useful um, marketing resources at www.internationalbunch.com forward slash be inspired. So today I would like to welcome Kat Williams. Now Kat is a COO in the industry. Welcome Kat. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, um, Kat, the first thing that we're going to do is um, you're going to give us a word, your most favourite word at the moment, or could be of your life. Um, We have a campaign that we do on a daily basis called hashtag int bunch word of the day, where we have um, lots of really great words. And either some people that take part in these, they will get a word that we've already done or they'll come up with their own and then we can add it into our schedule because it's quite hard doing 364 words which are you know really cool and interesting so what is your word for us well I've had a big think about it I'm going to go with snooze it's been really hard the last few months to get some decent sleep and, and why is that, Kat? Just for ah, well, I, I have a seven-month-old who I can hear not snoozing at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, I think many of us can relate to that word snooze. It's, it's such a cool word as well, actually, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's got a nice sound. It does. Brilliant sound. So thank you for that. We will add that into our schedule because I don't think we've had that one yet. Um, so first things first, let's talk a little bit more about you. So what is the best thing that you have discovered in this last year that we've been in? Well, the last year has been really funny. I I worked for kind of half of it and then I've been off. My husband actually introduced me to this podcast that I've been loving. It's called You're Dead to Me. I don't know if you've ever come across it. They do a lot of historical chatting about just really interesting people from the past. So it might be a a celebrity or a politician or some other famous person. Um, And they have a mixture of historians and comedians on and you just learn loads of interesting stuff. I love it. We'll definitely include a link to that in the description. That sounds absolutely brilliant. And actually in these podcasts that we've done already, we've had a number of um, some really good podcasts and we did one with um, Wayne Syme from Alps, mm. the CEO, and he was talking about his love of Henry VIII. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we learned some stuff about Henry VIII. <laughs> it would be perfect for him then, although he probably knows it all. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And if he doesn't, we'll tell him about it. Is there anyone that you've specifically found really interesting? 
I'm trying to think who we were listening to yesterday. Oh, they had one about Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton. Um, so we had a good listen to that. And then, of course, immediately put the soundtrack on. <laughs> I love it. I'm definitely going to check that out. <laughs> so podcasts, that's definitely a favourite one for everyone at the moment and different ways of listening, digesting information. Now, this is um, this question. So who inspires you? I was thinking about this because uh, when you sent the questions through and really I decided it was my friends that inspired me. You know, I know so many, particularly women um, who are doing amazing things, balancing family life and really demanding jobs and really um, excelling at what they do in all kinds of different careers. Mm. Um, So I'm going to go for them. You love it. I bet when you probably think that you've probably got a few people in mind, haven't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, they really push me to think that I could do more as well and that you can choose to do whatever you want to do and you shouldn't be afraid to take some risks. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes being in a situation like this pandemic, I think, helps people to also reevaluate situations that they're in to think, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. It's amazing how people have taken different opportunities out of this situation. So when you were young, what did you want to be? I was desperate to be an interior designer. I loved all things art and all I wanted to do was to get my hands on someone else's house and totally redo the whole thing. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have had a look around your the, your sitting room that you're in at the moment mm-hmm. and it is super nice. I am quite jealous. It's isn't it, Is it like a blue on the wall that I'm yes. seeing? Yeah, it looks to me a bit like a Cambridge blue. Um, it is a little green. bit, yeah. 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 So um, if you were to have dinner tonight with everyone, not, you know, sleeping, which I'm sure you'd love to be doing or having a snooze um, with anyone in the world, wherever they may be, dead, alive, it doesn't matter. Who would you want to have dinner with tonight? Well, I was thinking, given that it's been a tough few months, I'd really like a like a bit of lighthearted banter and someone who could make me laugh. And I've recently started following Daisy May Cooper on Instagram and she is pretty funny she's also recently had a baby so it's fairly relatable Um, and she's been busy winding up her publishers and teasing them about things she wants to put in her new book so I reckon she's got some good stories and we'd have a good time excellent I love that we all need a bit of humor in this day and age that we've been in it's funny old time so if we were to talk about your career tell me a bit about your career in terms of like um how where you've got to where you are today It was a funny um, thing, actually. I think it's a good example of, you know, launching yourself into an industry and not really realizing where it might take you. After university, I I did an internship at Penguin in one of their books departments, obviously. Um, And uh, I was marketing there, actually, just a two-week thing. And I thought, oh, I love this. Right, that's it. I want to work in publishing. Um, So I got a job, actually, in journals publishing at the end. And uh, I thought, oh, journals, that won't be very interesting. There's not really much to them there, those boring things that you're supposed to read at university and discovered this whole world, um, got to do all this traveling. I started off as a marketing assistant um, and then I became a marketing executive. And at the time I was working at a really small um, society publisher, but actually it was a great chance to learn loads about the industry and get experience doing all sorts of different bits of marketing and, and developing this really broad skill set. Yeah. Um, that publisher, the journals later got bought by Sage, 
So I had a year or so working there and met a load of great people. They had an amazing team and and a very different approach as well, which I think was really valuable for learning what I did. Um, And then from Sage, I moved to Nature Journals, where I worked mostly on marketing the Nature Archive and the physical science journals to universities. We worked really closely with the sales team. Um, We were talking a lot to librarians, doing, again, lots of conferences and lots of email marketing. Um, And social media marketing then I think was really just starting to take hold in our industry. So dipping our toes in the water there. Um, And then while I was at MPG, I met the founder of Altmetric, uh, where actually I've been ever since in Altmetric and the wider digital science group. Um, And he was looking for someone to start Altmetric's marketing department. Basically, there was no one else doing it. There were five people in the company. Um, and it was a really exciting opportunity. And, and so I've been there ever since, introducing an entirely new concept to lots of different markets. Um, I also worked on the launch of Dimensions, another digital science product when that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's just been great to work with some really inspiring people, actually, in all these new ideas. Um, and, and from there, I moved into the COO role, which has its own unique challenges, and I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fascinating, though, to, to hear how you've progressed and you've moved up and also that in your later on in your career, you've worked for um, a more niche organisation that's smaller because with the society that was small as well. And then you went to work with nature um, and to be able to have that exposure to working in a bigger organisation, you just learn so much. But then to go to working for an organisation like Altmetric, where you can be really agile and you don't have the same constraints and actually you can build something from the bottom because you've been down, you know, at a junior level. So you appreciate and understand what needs to happen at that level. So that must be really fascinating. And also to take a step sideways from being CMO to now COO. Do you do any... Um, marketing work now in your role or do you work with the marketing guys? Uh, I do work with them Um, they report into me so I I like to have my say in things sometimes but they're doing an amazing job Um, so I try to leave them to it most of the time but you'll always have you know certainly once you've done the job yourself before I think you'll always have a bit of an eye out for what's going on. (laughs) Exactly and because it's such a fascinating industry that we work in and it's incredibly fast-paced and because with digital science you're in an organization that has, um, that creates and fosters an environment for such bright and young companies that you're also able to see, you know, some really interesting trends and technologies emerging. Um, and they have done a fantastic job with the altmetric marketing, I have to say. Oh, and, <laughs> I mean, when you look at, you know, where we were with these kind of services five years ago to where we are now, and how they're being used and the data that's available, it's just, you know, it's mind blowing, isn't it? And what can be done in the future? Yeah, it's really exciting. And I think Altmetric is a great example of doing a lot with not very much. You know, the you see the data on thousands of journals and hundreds of universities use it now. And it's still a team of, I think, still under 30 people. Yeah. It's not that there's some huge operation there. So I think I think it can be really fun in marketing to have a bit of a scrappy operation and have to make what you can out of maybe not much money and, and not much time. Yeah. Well, it makes you very inventive, doesn't it? Yes. It <laughs> certainly helps you uh, prioritise. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, what have you been most proud of in your career? 
Um, I think it is the altmetric story. It was pretty early days still when I went in there. There had already been some brilliant things done. You know, they they had their little logo um, and there was definitely a buzz about the product. But really taking that and building that brand consistently, getting it as well known as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there have definitely been challenges along the way. You know, I'm sure you could pluck out lots of researchers still who maybe haven't heard of it because they're a very difficult audience to reach. Um, But really kind of helping to shape that company as it grew, giving it a voice and and some personality as well, which I think can sometimes get a little bit lost in our industry in particular. Um, You know, we've got really smart audiences. You know, these are top librarians and researchers. Um, You're not selling them a set of knives. They need to be convinced that you know what you're talking about um, and that you're bringing something of value to them. So learning how to engage with those communities as well, I think, has been a really enriching experience yeah absolutely and you're bringing them data that they can ultimately use to make um appropriate decisions and smart decisions at that and i think it's been really interesting how services like yourselves have been able to um change the direction of when you look at impact and how um work or how a researcher can be measured and moving away from the standard of citations for example or, um, you know, all those different kind of metrics and ways. And actually there's different ways that they can measure the impact of what they're doing. And that really can help people, especially in different subject disciplines where often some of those metrics really favored maybe more the scientific side, but now you're giving them an an even playing field. Yeah, we definitely hope our data is useful for them in telling better stories about the influence of their work and why it's important. Um, you know, the, the data is really there to help them and to benefit them. So we hope that they are making use of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what have you found? Well, I mean, you may have even answered this question, but what have you found the most challenging in your career? I am a really driven person. I'm always really proactive. I've always got a million ideas for things I want to do. So actually, I think throughout my career, almost the most challenging thing has been saying no to myself. You know, not not taking on too much also, but also stopping myself, adding just more in because I think it would be fun and we'd like to give something else a go. Um, you know, you really have to figure out where have I got the time and the resource to do this and to do it well um, and to try and pick the things that will have the most impact. It's good, though, that you've learned from your mistakes <laughs> you were correcting yourself. Maybe my colleagues would say I haven't learned. I just plow on through. <laughs> I completely that completely resonates with me let me tell you I'm like that I've got a thousand things going on in my head at any one time (laughs) so um what's your ultimate career goal that is a really tricky one I think you know if you I'm sure if you ask anyone where do you want to be in five ten years most people wouldn't really know what to tell you um the only thing I I kind of came to the conclusion was that I want to make sure that I'm always working with like-minded, smart and enthusiastic people um, who are there to do a job well, um, who are inventive and want to have some fun at work and, you know, build a nice environment. Um, I think those are the most important things rather than any particular job title. Yeah. Um, and as, as long as it stays interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, if you weren't doing the role that you're doing now, so if you weren't a COO now and money was no object, what would you be? 
if I could go back to kind of square one, rethink all of my uh, schooling, all of my um, undergrad, I think I would quite like to be an architect. Ooh. What's stopping you from doing it now? My mother oh. was trained in her 50s and became a solicitor. Yeah, I possibly could. It's a big jump, isn't it? Maybe I will one day. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I, I think perhaps, unfortunately, money is an object. In <laughs> <laughs> so, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there three um, inspiring professional books, or they don't necessarily have to be professional books, but books that you've read that you thought, yeah, they're a must read and why they are? Yeah, I've had a couple over the years that have come to me via different people. Um, so one um, came through one of my team um, who's really passionate about especially things like remote working and how we can make that work more effectively. Um, and she recommended this book called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. And it really speaks to that idea of learning to say no to yourself. You know, things don't have to be manic. Sometimes, you know, good enough is good enough. You don't have to be forever chasing this endless stream of meetings and more and more profits. Um, you can have quite a relaxed and an easygoing working environment where everyone still feel, feels fulfilled and the company is still doing well. Um, I think there were some really interesting lessons in there, not all of which would apply to our environment, um, mm. but it was definitely food for thought. Um, another one that I was recommended while I was doing um, my MBA a couple of years ago was Act Like a Leader, Think Like a Leader. Um, and I think that's particularly useful for people who are maybe kind of in middle management levels and really wanting to take that step up, but not sure how to go about it. Um, it basically uh, suggest that instead of trying to think like, oh, you know, how do I get to that next level? What do I need to do? Um, and just carrying on with your day to day work like you normally would, you rather you try and act like that level up. And yeah. eventually that kind of way of being and the impression that you give others will just become ingrained and just become who you are. So if you act like a leader, then you will become one. That's yeah. the basic philosophy of it. And then the third one, which actually the founder of Altmetric gave me and possibly doesn't remember I still have, uh, is a book called Talk Like Ted. Um, because when you're in a role like marketing or any leadership role within a company, being able to connect with different people, either within the company or at external events, is really important. And people, mm -hmm. they need to have confidence that you know what you're saying, or um, even if you don't have all the answers, that you would be able to handle whatever came your way. And I think that had some really useful tips for how to present yourself. So is that like a TED talk, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not that film. No. They're like, no. <laughs> no teddy bears. I'm sure you could take yeah, a bear. He swears a lot, doesn't he? Is yes. that the one? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like that. <laughs> this is a professional environment, a professional book. It's not going to happen. Um, so what's your, now I know that you mentioned, um, we talked about like a, a podcast that you've loved from finding this last year. Um, but, um, and it may be this one, but what is your most favorite book um, or podcast or blog and why? Um, I'm really bad at this. My favorite book changes kind of week to week and year That's to year, fine. certainly. Uh, the one thing I was thinking was I do love a travel guide because I love exploring the world. I love making a plan. I love seeing new places. Uh, I've got a very nice selection of lonely planets on the shelf here above me. Um, and occasionally I flick through them to remind myself of all the lovely holidays we've been on. And the ones that you probably love to have. Uh, they're amazing, those lonely planets, I have to say. I remember looking at one going to New York and the, 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 
the information in there is it's really interesting it's like i want to find somewhere that's really quirky oh got it wow <laughs> this is definitely quirky yeah they're really yeah. handy and i just think it's so interesting to learn about new places and new cultures so they i think also the great thing about those is that they you just feel like you're learning more from locals rather than just reading that something that's quite stiff and you know doesn't give you any kind of personality so Thinking about travel then, if you could travel back in time in a time machine, um, what would you tell your early career self? I would tell my early career self that you don't always have to be right. And that actually really taking a step back, taking your time and learning from others is a more valuable experience than you know, worrying that people think maybe you don't really know what you're doing and no one knows what they're doing really. Um, everyone takes ideas from other people, takes advice from other people. And sometimes the best results come out of, you know, hours of discussion with other people and input from lots of different parts of the team. So you shouldn't feel like it's all on you and that, you know, you always need to have all the answers. Oh, I love that. So um, I think I'd probably tell myself to not eat so much chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um so what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? And you, maybe you might have more than one bit of advice. I think the best bit of advice is to make yourself memorable, but for a good reason. Mm. You don't want to be the person who people don't want to work with again. Um, you want to be the person who people enjoy being on the team with, who they come to for advice, um, who they feel they can rely on, uh, but also who they know maybe they'll get a bit of a different point of view from or some new idea that can maybe spark some inspiration in themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really nice way of saying it, isn't it? Because um, when some people will think of in a good way initially, they'll be thinking, oh, you know, I have to be like really high performing or et cetera, et cetera. And it's not about that. It's about your attitudes, about how you come across your collaborative way of working, um, being involved in the team, et cetera. So it's much more than what people think. And also you can make such a small difference that has such a massive impact. And um, yeah, I really love that sentiment, actually. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. Be memorable, but in a good way, because obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think you can be you can be amazing technically at your job, but if people don't like to work with you or if they feel like they can't come to you for things, um, then it's a bit of a non-starter, really. Yeah, absolutely. So what is... Um, your number one tip for anybody working in marketing right now? Uh, I made some notes on that one. What did I write? Oh, actually, it touches on um, what we talked about earlier about, you know, the, the people that we're marketing to, particularly in kind of scholarly publishing and tech, um, being a smart audience. I think uh, as a marketer in our industry, you need to be authentic. You know, you need to know about what you're trying to sell people. Yeah. Um, or encourage them to subscribe to or submit to or contribute to um, because otherwise they're going to see straight through you. You know, you're not here um, to drastically change their lives. So you need to prove to them that you can add value. Um, and I think to do that, you need to be authentic. You need to be creative in how you communicate and connect with them. Um, and you need to be enthusiastic for the subject matter as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think marketing has changed so much. 
like since you and I were both junior marketeers and we were doing probably like direct mail and email marketing and etc so much and how much marketing has evolved and changed over the years and you know there's this huge movement now with absolutely being more authentic and with the video content as well to be more authentic and the tone of voice and um, to tell a story more than just throw things at people and talk to them about you know why it's important and how it's important and not just what I'm doing and here it is and gone are the days of mass marketing it's yeah. more about niche and resonating and how can you actually address the pain points because we're humans at the end of the day and they want people want to be spoken to as a human by humans yeah and I think that's so important and and you always you know you need to measure things and iterate and see what works and make changes accordingly Um, but if the core of your message doesn't resonate with them then forget it yeah yeah (laughs) and you know the as a population as a society we're pretty savvy now we've had a lot of things thrown at us over the years so you know, there's a lot of things that it doesn't wash with us anymore. And I think, you know, you and I talked about this before we started doing this podcast is that this last year has made people a lot more sympathetic and empathetic um, to the environments around them and also to people that they're talking to. And so that, you know, it's very important that that continues to come across. And maybe we've, you know, maybe as a world, we've changed for the better for the future anyway. So I like think so, wouldn't you? If, if nothing well, else comes out of this last kind of year and a half, <laughs> we might go back into bad habits. You know, you never know. <laughs> um, so, what do you miss since the COVID nineteen pandemic? I really miss going to the office. <laughs> I have spent a lot of time in this house this year. <laughs> um, I miss. We've always been at Optmetric, a fairly remotely distributed team, so that wasn't a big switch for us, which was fortunate. Yeah. Um, but I really miss personally going into the office and seeing at least some of the team, um, being able to kind of grab a coffee on the way into work and just being in that different environment. So I'm very much looking forward to getting back in. <laughs> just being close to someone at a desk is like a privilege now, isn't it? <laughs> It's like, oh, don't sit too close to me. Oh, are we okay? Do I need to get the ruler out? Um, so is there anything that you want to ask me? I was really curious to hear, actually, Lou, what you enjoy the most about marketing. Oh, God. <laughs> do I enjoy anything about marketing, Cap? Um, What do I enjoy most? I think probably one of the things that I enjoy most about marketing is that you can actually see the results of what you're doing and that can give you a lot of pride Um, but also you can easily measure and see whether something's working or not and you can quickly change it and adapt and try something else and you know what if that doesn't work change it back it's not a problem it's about being agile but I think for me um, that's the one of the most important things about marketing because you do get that pride and you do you are able to see exactly what you're doing but I think another is just the people that I work with in the industry are absolutely incredible. And last week, someone asked me, why do you call this podcast Behind the Fluff? And I said to me, you know, it's a bit of an in-house joke with marketeers that, you know, sometimes marketeers are seen as fluffy. And if you try to explain to someone what you do, it's quite hard. Even if you have an elevator pitch, you know, it still doesn't quite translate. So I think that marketeers are often not... um, appreciated as much as they should be for some of the work that they do and it's an incredible community doing some absolutely wonderful things sometimes behind closed doors so we need to talk a bit more together 
but yeah that's um that's what I think about marketing yeah I totally agree I think I've seen organizations that really don't value marketing as a discipline um and it's it's massively to their detriment I think it's a hugely important part of a business I mean, every department offers something incredibly special. And and I'm sure that sales departments will say that they feel exactly the same as marketing. In fact, I had a discussion with a salesperson about this yesterday. And um, I think that it probably goes down to the fact of valuing each and everybody's input and each and everybody in each and every department that you have in an organization. It's very important. And we're all individuals at the end of the day. But I think we're super lucky to work in a in a, the industry we work in, but also with a skill set that is transferable across industries. And so, you know, like you said, you started on the, the penguin side um, and then you came over into like more the scholarly side, which even, even if they are publishing, they are two very different areas. Yeah. yeah. Very different. <laughs> um, so Kat, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been an absolute delight. And I know that people are going to definitely take some takeaways from this, especially like um, when you talked about what you would tell your early career self. And there's a huge amount in that and what you said. And I, funny enough, I've heard similar from others who've done this podcast, which really means that um, people hopefully will be able to take what you've said, the advice that you've said and really apply it now so that they won't be in the situation in the future doing a podcast (laughs) and having to give that same advice to themselves at that time, because you're giving them that golden advice now. (laughs) Well, I hope it is useful for people. Absolutely. So thank you so much for taking the time and um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.